Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays Today podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick, and I am kind of hoping this is the last time I'm recording from a closet. Um, it is the end of July, and uh, if you've been following along, you know that on um, like July 4th, I got the idea that we should buy an Airbnb and we got an accepted offer on an Airbnb by July 16th, closed on it July 1st, and we have our first renter coming August 4th. Um, so it has been a whirlwind of um, just being out at this cabin every minute painting, wallpapering, light fixturing, doing all sorts of stuff. And then in, you know, in amongst it all, the world has to keep going. So I'm going to clinic without brushing my teeth because I'm late and I forgot my toothbrush and recording in a closet. Um, But if it's good enough for Jenna Kutcher, right? Like, I don't know. I doubt that chick still records in her closet. She's a liar. If she is, like, she makes so much money. Anyways, um, okay, so today's today's guest is a, is a fun one. She's not a chiropractor. Um, I really like having a diverse group of guests, and, yep, you're going to like it. But before we jump into who she is, we are going to do a listener highlight. Um, it's been a minute because I I forgot. I forgot. Like, listen, all right? Like, did, do you need more excuses for me? You know what my month has been. Give me a break. Uh, this one is actually from the 7th of July. So there's so many times I could have given it. And it's from DJ EJD. Um, and I like to imagine that this person is a DJ. Uh, and it says, awesome content from your Cairo BFF says, I don't know you personally, only through social media and Cairo circles. Yes, I'm a DC and I'm loving your podcast. I feel like you are my BFF, giving it to me straight, no filler, over a cup of coffee. I just finished your Love Your Selfie episode and even though it took me over three days to get through it, Thank you, Mr. Four-Year-Old. It motivated me to stop in the middle and go post to Instagram. In my tank top, no makeup, in the car, at preschool, pickup, no script. My most liked and engaged post to date. I plan to keep listening as long as you keep posting new episodes. 
Thank you, my pretend Cairo BFF. Well, now I must know. I'm collecting BFFs out there and I don't even know it. Oh my gosh. Um, so actually, okay, before we go into the episode, I am just going to do a mini state of the union thing. I'm not going to get whiny or complainy or anything like this. Um, I don't know what, what made me think of read while I was reading that. Um, so I had a little, a little thing happen recently and I just want to clarify with my listeners. So, um, I have patients that move away and when patients move away, I always do my best to find a great chiropractor for them. Um, and so I, I have an area around me that I've had a couple people move to. And so I've sent them to, um, a specific chiropractor and then uh, it got back to me that that chiropractor had actually, uh, told these patients I sent, um, that, uh, she would never practice the way I do because I've told her that, um, she needs to spend less time with her patients so she can have a million dollar practice. Now, between you and I, who knows what she actually said, because we all know how patients misconstrue things. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I appreciate my patient filling me in because she was like, hey, I just want to let you know you should maybe not refer to her anymore. And I'm like, yeah, good call. That's a good call. Um, and I, but here's, here's where I'm bringing it up. I share everything with you guys. I mean, I haven't told you my menstrual cycle, um, but I'm supposed to get it the first week in August. So there you go. Now you know the cycle I'm on to. You know when I do a diet change. You know when I'm feeling shame as a mom. You also know my annual revenue. You know when I've had to fire people. You know when I cry seven times a year. Like, I share everything with you. Um, and I believe in continuing to be raw and vulnerable and honest. The reason I share numbers is because so many, I've sat in the shoes wondering when somebody's giving advice, like, okay, how on earth does that work? And I feel like the numbers give you a frame of context of like why we do certain things. Um, so it's never, ever Please listen when I say this. This is important you hear. Me telling you what we do at Blue Hills Chiropractic is not me telling you that you need to run your practice differently. I have had people on who do boutique practices and charge $200 per uh, appointment and they spend an hour with people and I think that's cool and I lean into that. I mean, we've had so many different practice styles on. And so I I don't think I, I I'm hoping that things just got taken out of context in a weird way. Um but the point is not to address that person. Um it's more to everybody else of like, hey me sharing what we do at my clinic is not me telling you that you need to spend less time with your patients. It's not me telling you that um, because we hit a million dollars that that should be your goal. Um, I've been interviewed on another podcast specifically seeking out 
female chiropractors who've hit that million dollar mark. And so I've publicly shared that's a, that's a mixed thing. That's hard because like on one end, my dad even reached out cause I did a reel and he's like, Lauren, you need to be humble. And I'm like, no, I know dad, but like, there's this thing within chiropractic, especially female run. Oh, sorry, you just heard a crinkle maybe. And that was me rubbing up against a comforter bag in the closet. Reminder, I'm in the closet here, guys. Um, no, so like there's an awkwardness to like where you're like, well, I'm not boasting, but also I'm sick of only reading about the sad stories of people needing to close their doors. And I feel like we do need more success stories out there. And so you're like, oh, okay. So anyways, I promised I wouldn't drag it on. I want you to know that however you're practicing, I think it's cool as long as you're happy. I don't think that you need to be shooting for a million dollars. I share just as often that like my constant striving for endless success at whatever cost um, is a way more fucked up deeper, like trying to seek my worth thing. I, I share that. So I love you. You're good enough, no matter how many people you're seeing. And if you like spending a half hour with patients, God bless you. Let me know because I'll send my patients who are like, oh, I feel rushed. I'm like, yeah, because I don't like talking. I'm an introvert. I just want to adjust your spine. Huh. All right. With that, let's talk about our guests. This is a fun one. Okay. So her name is Dr. Susan Corso and she's a metaphysician. Don't worry. We're going to get into that. And intuitive and a novelist. She's had a spiritual mentoring practice for more than 40 years. She's an expert on the human energy system and her latest nonfiction comprises eight chakra workbooks designed to teach applied practical knowledge of how your chakras reflect your past, how your chakras can be changed in the present, and how to use your own human energy system to create your future. Um, she also writes fiction about and for conscious creators. We talk about chakras. We talk We talk about some cool, weird, non-chiropractic shit in this episode. You're going to like it. But before... Ooh, let's shake our wiggles out. I feel weird doing that State of the Union. Sorry, I didn't plan on it. Hopefully, I didn't bring the mood down relax your jaw, take a breath, find that heart, relax any tension that you're holding in the shoulders, in your chest. Thank you for being here with me right now. Thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing this space uh, for me to create and be imperfect and show up for you. Um, the more grace that you give me, the easier it is to just allow every single chiropractor to be on their own journey and do their own thing. Help us realize when we talk, hear from people like Susan, the so much more that is happening when we place our hands on another human with intention and love to help their body heal 
and that there is a transfer of energy and there is so much unknown that we know and help us just on that Monday where we're not in the mood and we ate junk food all weekend and we drank too much wine and we didn't get enough sleep but we got tons of Netflix and we're just dragging our ass into work. Help us find that strength to be the best that we can be in that moment for that patient to allow that healing to happen. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, folks, here is Dr. Susan Corso. Enjoy. I, I, I so miss having conversation because of the curated aspects of life at this point that I mean, I, I am famous for saying there's a reason they're called Facebook friends. Wait, well, what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean is this. Um, my definition of a real friend is someone who would come and get me out of jail if I were in <laughs> Lima, Peru. Right. So if I'm in Lima, Peru, who is going to raise the State Department in order to get me out? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's yep. a very short list. Yeah. And I'm glad. I mean, I, I think there are probably five people on that list in my life. And I think that's an amazing number of people who would come and that's, rescue that's me. That's a lot of people. Who that's would exactly come right. Um, what do you most likely think you'd be in jail for, Susan? <laughs> <laughs> that's the real question. How did you get in jail? Probably um, by asking questions that make people who are uh, rigid and um, uh, disagree with me and mm -hmm. set in their ways um, by making them uncomfortable, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, I, if just for example, um, I, I believe that unless we have a world that works for everyone and that there are no exceptions to that, including the people I disagree with, including the people I don't like, mm -hmm. including the people I don't vote for, including everyone, no exceptions, right? That's why I founded something called the Ampersand Society. And I, I tend to sign my uh, newsletter, Be Ampersand, right? It means be inclusive. Be inclusive. How are you excluding someone because of a judgment, an opinion, an idea, uh, instant reaction, you know? I had a girlfriend whose ex was named Maureen. And we went out to dinner once, uh, the three of us. And, the girl, and at one point, my new girlfriend said, um, how's your dinner, sweetie, to both of us? And we both said, fine. It was awful, right? I have never liked a person named Maureen since. Now, that is ridiculous. I understand that that's ridiculous. But I can't have the world work for everybody except Maureen. Right, right. Even Maureen's included. Even that's exactly right. Even Maureen's, even people who don't vote the way I vote, mm -hmm. right? And I, that's hard. That's really, really hard. I mean, it's really, so, you know, just coming off the last couple of years, you know, so most of my audience is chiropractors. And traditionally, we're just going to say, we're going to make a very broad sweeping statement here. Traditionally, chiropractors um, have concerns about, vaccines just you know toxicity stuff um a lot of like medical freedom stuff you know and so like it's i'm not going to say that chiropractors are against vaccines i'm not against vaccines um 
I am against, you know, lack of information, things like that. But anyways, and so it's funny when you start talking to people and you're like, yeah, we need to be more inclusive. And they're like, yeah. And you're like, and then that means you need to be totally understanding of the chiropractors who did choose to vaccinate. People are like, oh, that's right. That's um, right. I don't want to do that one. And it's like, wow, that's what that means. That's well, what it means. It's so easy to say like, yeah, we all just need to unite as long as everyone unites under my umbrella. Right. I don't need, I, I, I know, I don't think I ever did, but certainly as I've gotten older and I have had a spiritual counseling practice and mentoring practice for 40 years, uh, which just happened to me. I did not. I did not set out to do that, but people started asking me advice and I started having answers that made no sense in terms of logic as to how I got the information. And so my intuition kicked in when I was about 25, um, quite seriously. And okay, but when we get called on our own inconsistencies, on our own cognitive dissonances, right? I mean, yes. I actually think that we have a social contract in real life. Okay. What do you mean by that? I mean that I live on this planet next to a very serious, rabid mega guy. And on the other side, a retired firefighter who is as liberal as Joe Biden. Okay. And we all need to get along. Because mm -hmm. the snow that falls on my sidewalk falls on their sidewalks too. Mm -hmm. And they're the guys with the snowblowers. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. Right. And they have no trouble with that. They're like, oh, don't go out and shovel. Don't be stupid. We have snowblowers. We'll do it for you. It's, you know, it's, you know, 25 feet, no big, right? Because they have to be included in my reality, like it or not. Right. Now, do I go into their unvaccinated houses? No. And the reason I don't is because I am at risk because of a chronic disease that I've had for more than half my life. I'm really careful about stuff like that. I haven't been in the grocery store in three years. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I haven't. My husband goes, nope, not that's too high a risk for his comfort level. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't have to go to the grocery store. Please. I'll skip the grocery store for the rest of my life. Thank you. Right. <laughs> right. I know. Now that like all these grocery stores are doing like pickup, I'm like, this is fantastic. Right. Exactly. No, I don't need to be in the aisle to find whatever I'm looking for. <laughs> now I read in your bio that you have been an intuitive since you were six years old. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how did that start to show up at six? Oh, this is a very dramatic story. So put your seatbelt like on. Um, my mom and I were in the car going to pick up my dad at the airport. Uh, it was their seventh wedding anniversary. And my mother had left my two younger brothers at home with a sitter. So I was six. My brother, David was four and Frank was two. And all of a sudden, we're driving along and my mother slams on a highway. My mother slams the brakes on and bursts into tears. Kind of not her thing. And I didn't understand what had happened, but she finally got out of her mouth. Mommy needs a police car. 
and she put me on the top of our lemon yellow VW bug. And I, at age six, closed my eyes and raised my fists in the air. And I said, I need a police car. And I opened them and in front of me was a black and white. Well, it took me, I didn't understand what had happened, but my dad had been killed in a plane crash. And that was in the days when they announced it on the radio before they notified next of kin. So my mother heard his name on the radio and nearly drove us off the road. She, I mean, he was her best ever. Wow. So my intuition blew open because I needed it. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I spent mm, almost 20 years saying, nah, nah, it doesn't, I, sometimes I know who's going to be on the phone, but nah, no, it's no big, blah, blah. And seeing oars around people and seeing the fairies behind the sofa. And like my dad used to be able to see the fairies behind the sofa, but then my dad was gone. So everybody thought I was, you know, I think the co most common expression on my mother's face looking at me when I was growing up was, huh? <laughs> and it, it, she, Many, many years later, you'll appreciate this. Like maybe, I don't know, 30 years later, I gave her the Myers-Briggs type indicator. Mm -hmm. All right. And she took the test and she mailed it back to me. This is long before email and all that stuff. She mailed it back to me and I scored her test and she was the exact opposite of me. And I called her and I said, oh, I said, you are the exact opposite of me. I really wish I'd known that one. I was growing up and there was this beat and my mother could be drier than anybody. And she finally said, you wish you'd known that. <laughs> <laughs> and we laughed and laughed and laughed. It was hilarious because we were completely different in the way we approach life. I was artistic and creative and um, talented and bright and shiny. And I, you know, I wrote and I danced and I sang and I did all this. And my mother was a prim and proper New England lady. <laughs> right in her peter pan collar and her white gloves right oh my god completely so, different world so you said at 25 is then when it started to so how did you get pulled into being a metaphysician because you said you didn't really ask for this no so metaphysics that's a good question too um i i i i don't know about you lauren but I think a lot of us who are, who consider ourselves spiritual people learned a lot through the rough stuff, mm. like yeah. really rough stuff. So I was 25 and a friend of mine gave me a psychic reading for my birthday. And I walked into this woman's house knowing she knew my first name and my birth date. And the first sentence out of her mouth was, oh, my God, you should be reading for me. Oh, interesting. And I, I went, uh, well, OK. Anyway, she said to me, you were a color healer in Egypt and you've been a color healer all kinds of lifetimes. And I, uh, I was what, uh, really, really? <laughs> okay. So my friend came to get me at that reading and she, she took me out for my birthday for dinner. And we decided we'd go to East West books, which was a spiritual bookstore at, uh, at the bottom of fifth Avenue in New York. 
And we went and stood in front of books on chakras and color healing and all this stuff. And the color healing books started to fall on my head in real life. Wow. And I, three of them. And I, her name was Susan. I turned to her, I said, uh, Suze, did, can you, did you? Yeah, I saw that. I said, okay. So I buy the three books. We get on the subway, we go home. And I'm reading, I'm about, I don't know, 50 pages into the first one. And all of a sudden I said, you know what? I already know this. I, I, I don't know how I know this, but I know what colors mean. And I've known what colors meant and used it in terms of how to get dressed, what kind of makeup to wear, what to plan for like a fancy occasion. Um, and I never did like socially proper things. I did the energetic things. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't understand what that was. I didn't know. I wouldn't like if you had said to me, you know, why did you wear a pink dress today? I, I couldn't have answered your question then, but now I can. And here's how I know. So fast forward to 30. I'm married. I'm pregnant. I'm thrilled to be having a baby. I wanted, I wanted to have a baby so much. And uh, my husband and I were crazy in love. And in fact, I talked to him this morning. We are still very best of friends, which is quite nice. And um, I entered, there's no other way to say this. Uh, I entered a nightmare my son the the upshot of it is and you know be forewarned um my son died the day he was born he was terribly terribly sick and i went okay this is wrong children don't die before their parents that is just what it is i i didn't know where to go for answers I was the first person in my set of friends who had gotten married, who had kids The uh, people who I knew had had kids had had them, you know, 30 years before. So that wasn't helpful. Didn't know what to do. And I, I did everything I knew to heal. I mean, I, I, I went to doctors and I did nutrition things and I, but my heart wasn't healing. My heart was not healing. And so um, nine months after Isaac, we named him Isaac because it means she laughed in Hebrew um, because I was determined that there would be joy out of this life, no matter what. Um, uh, nine months afterward, I was meditating one morning and uh, a woman showed up in my third eye and she said, hi. And I said, hi. And she said, I'm Mary. I said, hi, Mary. And there's this beat and she said, um, and this is all just normal for you because you've been seeing fairies behind couches since you were seven. So you're right. Like, hey, so it's up. like, well, okay, Mary, whatever. I didn't know who this was. She finally said, um, Jesus, mom, you're Joel. <laughs> I went, what? Uh, hello. Right. And hey, she disappeared. About me? Right. Disappeared. Now I, I'm a nice Jewish girl. What? I, I, I am not expecting the blessed mother to show up in my head. I go, okay. So now come to find out that it is a standard grieving pattern in human beings to have the hardest places in grief be nine months, 18 months, 
27 months because it's a really? repli- yes, it's the replication of a gestation process. Oh. Right? What makes sense, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she checked on me every day for nine months. She just poke her nose in, wouldn't say anything. Nine months to the day, 18 months after my son died, she said to me, So, do you want to know how I did it? Mary's got quite a bit of sass. I really didn't picture her being this sassy. Oh, very. Well, and I'm kind of sassy, so that'd be the only way it worked, right? And I, at that point, had been screeching at what I understood of God, which was God the Father. And I didn't grow up in any religion. And I mean, I sang in a church choir, but only so I could sing, not so, not because there was any God attached to it, right? So that wasn't wasn't my path. Um, And I... Do you want to know how I did it? I knew exactly what she was talking about. She was talking about how did I, how did I live when my son died? And I said, yes, of course. And she said, I gave him away. Just like that. And she was gone. And I thought, well, okay. 18 months have gone by. My heart aches as badly today as it did the day it happened. I, I got to do something. Right. And God, the father is not answering me. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, here. Take him. I can't do this by myself anymore. And I started to heal. It took me about another nine months but I was fine afterward. And it turned out that there was a unity church in the town where we were living. And somebody said, you should go to unity. You actually believe what they believe. It's called metaphysics. I said, what? So I go, my husband and I went, we were like, oh, this is cool. This is totally cool. We like this stuff because And my definition of metaphysics is different than most people's because, I mean, the word literally means beyond the physical and it's called metaphysics is named what it is because it is the eighth book that Aristotle wrote and it came after the physics. So it was metaphysics and it's like books on a shelf, right? Mm -hmm. So they start talking about self-responsibility and treating others like you want to be treated, but they're, and they're, so they're, they're using sort of Christian things, but they're not talking about them in a Christian way. They're talking about them in a philosophical human way. And so finally, I get it that this is, so here's my definition of metaphysics, five words, you're God, I'm God, go. Hmm. Right. And if I can't treat you that way, I'm doing it wrong. So long story short, I end up in seminary and they throw me out, of course, because I'm a heretic, <laughs> which was delicious. Um, and I loved that. I was like, oh, really? How, okay, so how long cool. into seminary? Like we're talking like week one? Or no, like- no, no. I, I'd been there for maybe a year and some, and I had a, a, a pair of professors just get offended <laughs> Right. It's like, all right, Susan, we can't do it anymore. You got to go. You right. got to go. You're out of here. Actually, what happened was one of them accused me of being a synthesist. And he said, you're a, you're a, you're a synthesist. And I was like, uh-huh, what's the problem? What is, what is a synthesis? So a synthesist is a person who doesn't need 
I don't need you to be a Baptist to go to heaven unless you need to be a Baptist to go to heaven. Oh, yeah. Right. If you need to be a Baptist to go to heaven, knock yourself out. Be a Baptist. Have fun. Be a Methodist. Be a Hindu. I don't care. Right. And I actually don't think that deity, divinity, all that is the wonder, the mystery, the magic cares either. I think that actually what um, creation cares about is that you understand that you have a place in something that's bigger than just you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter who you belong to, with, about. Fine, go to church. You need to go to church. Great. Cool. So I used to say, if you if you find God on the golf course, make it tea time. <laughs> don't let my husband hear that. No, I, but I don't need you to mm-hmm. agree with me. Mm-hmm. Right. What's important to me is that you have your own sense of a way that you fit here. Now, if that means that what you believe in is engineering and how to build dams, then that works for me, mm-hmm. which makes me very odd in the spiritual world. Yeah, I can see why they kicked you out. Like, I can yeah. see where they're like, yeah, I'd be more surprised that it took them over a year to do it. Well, I kept my mouth shut a lot of the time. <laughs> I'm sure you can imagine. <laughs> it's like. You're kidding, right? Um, what actually pushed him over the edge was I asked him what the difference was between Jesus and Christ. Oh, that's a great question. He was horrified. There is no difference. Well, uh, let me tell you, there's a difference. Jesus has four names in the scripture, right? Just like you have four names, right? Your name is Lauren. Jesus' name was Jesus. That's your personality. That's who you are. Like Jesus, hanging out with mom and dad and making cabinets right? Mm -hmm. You are a chiropractor. Jesus made cabinets. We're good. Okay. Then there is the Christ. That is a title, Mm -hmm. right? That is like black belt or Dr. Lauren. Same, right? All of us are here to become a Christ. That is to become the spirit led self, right? Then then it gets put together by everybody. And suddenly he's Jesus Christ, right? He's still led by his personality. I think Richard Rohr has like a book called like Christ was not Jesus's last name. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So then Jesus dies and it becomes Christ Jesus. What happens? Well, what happens is he becomes led by his spirit first, not his personality. So the very, when the very best of you is leading, there are people who would call that the Christ did you leading. Mm-hmm. And I'm great at that on the days that I'm great at that. And some days I suck at it. Okay. I'm, you know, human. Last time I checked, my ID card is checked human. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm no angel, no special. I, I'm not, you know, ascending out of the chair I'm sitting in. Believe you me, I'm anchored. Right. I'm here like the rest of us to learn. And I learn from everybody. Because everybody has something to teach, right? I mean, one of the things I happen to love about chiropractors, bringing it back to to your world, is that chiropractors actually work with energy. Mm -hmm. They may not say it. And they may not even realize it or want to accept it. 
and don't need to. But the truth is, and this is, you know, I was the head of spiritual and energy medicine in a big um, healthcare facility in Boston. And I worked with 20 doctors and those 20 doctors sent me the patients that they couldn't fix. Yeah. Yeah. And they would say, I, I, I've done the MRI, the, t- the, the this, the, the, the extra blood test, the blah, 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 the x-rays, the, 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 I can't figure it out. Well, okay, guess what? Bodies don't lie. And it's not because you would think the bodies are noble. It's the bodies can't lie which is why they are so valuable, why they are so magical, right? You get up in the morning and you've had a leg cramp in your calf in the middle of the night and you're going to limp a little. What's your body saying? Your body's saying magnesium. Yeah, magnesium or or, or put soap in your bed or be gentle, right? Be gentle Mm -hmm. with yourself, This is not the day to start your training for a marathon. Hello? Maybe you should skip marathon training today. So I would say to these doctors, you guys, bodies don't lie. These people are telling you things. Their bodies are telling you things. I had a doctor call me the other day and say, I'm stuck. I got to send a patient to you. I said, okay, fine. So she sends me this patient and I take one look at the patient on Zoom and I go, huh, you have a pain in your stomach and you have a pain in your stomach that you can't get rid of. She said, yeah, I have had for like three years and I've done everything, you know, internist, blah, blah, this and this, scopes, blah. And I said, so what can't you stomach? So that was the first thing I said. She was like, something I can't stomach. And then she told me that she wakes up at 3.37 in the morning, every morning. Not 3.35, not 3.20, 3.37. Like that specific. I go, huh, well, um, in the Chinese hours, that's lung. So what you can't stomach, I can answer. You don't have to answer. She said, really? I said, yeah, you're grieving. And she burst into tears. I'm like 12 minutes into a consultation. You're right. I said, yes, I'm aware. Bodies don't lie. (laughs) Um, I don't know what you're grieving. And you have to help me make sense out of that in your own life. So it turns out that for three years, her mother's had dementia. And getting worse and worse and worse and worse, of course, because that's what the belief system is about dementia. Um, And the last time she'd seen her mother, which was about six months earlier, her mother didn't recognize her for the first time. Well, now, oh my God, that's heartbreak. That's total heartbreak, right? You know what's amazing about it, though, is that she was trying to grieve something that was still alive. Mm-hmm. That is one of the hardest things in the world to learn. I said, oh, honey, you can't grieve what's still alive. It's not possible. You can try because you've lost your mother now 
psychologically, you've lost your mother support wise, you've lost your mother emotionally, you've lost your mother now spiritually, but you haven't lost her physically. Ah, what do we do? So I sent her to the art supply store to buy origami paper. And I said, you buy a piece of origami paper in three colors, yellow, green, and blue. Your favorite green, your favorite blue, and um, really egg yolk yellow. She said, okay. She gets home. She has these three pieces of paper, and she decides she's going to cut them into hearts and put them like when she's at her uh, computer screen that she, she so she can see them out of the corner of her eye. And in a week, she doesn't have a pain in her stomach anymore. What? Why? Because the colors, this goes back to the color healing thing, yeah. right? The colors are vibrational. They're energetic. They touch the life force. See, people talk about chakras all the time, right? The point yeah. about the chakras isn't that your red chakra is red and your orange chakra is orange, right? It's, it's like saying that um, all music is based on middle C or there's only one note, middle C. Well, middle C by itself is not music. It's just middle C. It's a note. A chakra by itself isn't anything. What it really is, is the life force seen through a prism. That's what the chakra system is, right? So- uh okay like like are you talking about like the color is a vibration yep. say more it's a yeah. frequency okay it's a frequency so what happened was her heart was aching right so what i had her do was treat essentially the chakras below and above and put her heart in the middle because it was her heart that was she was trying to swallow my broken heart hurts because my mama is gone but right in front of me and that's cognitive dissonance that's she went that away right so i said let the relationships of the energy heal you because the chakras what really matters about them and i don't know anyone who talks about this but me is how they talk to each other yeah, I've never heard. I mean, I've only ever heard. So like heart is green, right? Right. Okay. And then solar is yellow. Yeah. So then road is blue. Yep. Okay. I'm just putting, because I, I remember I told that I need to wear more green to help with my, open my heart chakra. Um, and not really until this moment where I'm like, oh, okay. But like what you're saying is that like, or tell me if I'm wrong. So if you need to work on heart, you take the energy above and below to help heal that. That's right. I've never, ever, ever heard that. Well, if somebody walked into your office with a gunshot wound, would you poke it? No, no, no. <laughs> well, okay. You wouldn't. What you would do is you would work with the traumatized tissue around it. Okay, really, uh, not dumb question, but like, okay, so, but what about the top and the bottom? Then how do you sandwich that chakra? They connect to each other in a loop uh, okay let me right so mm -hmm. you work with the and i actually use eight chakras instead of seven most people use seven but in the 1870s the rabbis discovered a a, a new chakra sort of uh, it's called da'ath and it means wisdom and it lives about um 
six inches in front of your thymus gland Ooh. and it's rose pink. And it actually is the color of God's love as opposed to personal love. Right. So I wouldn't ever tell you to wear more green to fix your heart chakra. I would say wear more blue and yellow, but is what you actually need unconditional positive regard, or do you need to create more personal intimacy with people? If you need more personal intimacy, you want the green. But if what you want is your patients to feel like you're warmer, then you want pink, you want rosy pink. Hmm. Make sense? Mm -hmm. So if you have trouble with your eighth chakra and your first chakra, you put them together, right? And if you look at the colors, they all kind of make each other, right? Red and orange or orange and orange and yellow uh, make red, you know, they, they fit one with the other. So the point is you don't just have middle C, you have a whole system. And that it's how the system works together. It's like if somebody came to you and said, you know, um, I have, oh, I don't know. I have IBS, let's say, right? Irritable bowel, irritable bowel syndrome, right? Well, that's painful, scary, ooky, has terrible uh, repercussions. And the regular Western doctors would say, yeah, that can't be fixed. Right. Too bad, live with it. Garbage. Well, first of all, what's irritating you? Let's talk about that, right? Okay. I mean, bodies and symptoms don't lie. They tell us things, right? If we know how to interpret that. So what I say is, okay, let's get your chakras singing together. So the first thing you need to know about all chakras is, yeah, <laughs> First of all, they're not flat discs sitting against your spine like this. They're three-dimensional spheres that sort of float in the center of your body, you know, front, back, side to side, okay? And they don't go like, they're not beach balls, you know, a red beach ball and then an orange beach ball. No, it's red, but it's frequency, it's vibration. So it's red, red, orange orange, orange, yellow, 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 green, 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 turquoise, right? So, oh, well, what's going on in between those two? So if somebody has irritable bowel, one of two things is happening, right? Their second chakra is a wreck because that's where the bowel is. Okay, but is it a power problem? which is a third chakra problem. Right, orange, or, yellow. Or, right, or yellow, right? Or is it a survival problem? And often irritable bowel is feeling like you don't belong anywhere on the planet. You don't feel like you have a tribe. Oh, well, what's going to make me feel like I belong? That's a huge question. Right. I had somebody come to me once who was an energy healer herself. She was really, really wise and she'd been doing it for a long time. She had MS and um, it had decided to take a distinct sink into the worst uh, symptomology of MS. And she came to me and she said, um, 
you're the only person all the energy healers I know have recommended. <laughs> so I want you to help me make a new energy map so that I don't have to have MS anymore. I thought, wow, what a cool question. Right? Mm -hmm. All right. She was in a wheelchair. She was so good at her own energy work. And all I had her do was work on the relationships between the chakras, right? So she was working with red, orange, orange, yellow, yellow, green, right? She worked the whole system and reconnected it. And in six weeks, she was playing tennis. Tennis. So how, how did... Was she cutting origami? How was she healing? <laughs> well, she happened to be a person who was really into crystals. Okay. Not my thing. Not, uh, not thing. no, crystals are not my thing. But okay. So she had all different colored crystals that okay, she. That just, well, hold on. That blows my mind. How can crystals not be your thing? Um, my way of approaching emotion and most people's patterns is through my sixth chakra because my intuition is so strong. So crystals are all about being grounded and earthy. Yeah, no, not, not me, not me. I'm, I'm doing understanding and wisdom and uh, spiritual application and that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm definitely one of those indigo people. As opposed to like crystals are not my thing because it's the same reason that drugs are not my thing, right? It's like, that's pharmaceuticals. That's like, you know, mixing and pouring and stirring and mortar and pestle, Ugh, not interested, right? Oh, vibration, energy, mm -hmm. sparkles, you know, Mike TV and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, that I'm in, right? But the, but the, no, the grounded MO is not mine. Okay. All right. So anyway, so she, crystals were her thing. Right. So she used crystals. She visualized, she sang, she prayed, she begged, she did every bit of emotional processing. And what it finally made her realize is that she was so alienated by living on earth. She hadn't wanted to be here. She didn't want to be in her body. Like I don't, wanna could have been her motto right wasn't celebrating wasn't married wasn't excited didn't have a lot of close friends wasn't real physical right so what happened well she clearly her soul had a, a message for her which is sugar plum you here and you got stuff to do so no messing around we are gonna mess with your body until you get here so what she finally had to do is sort of what i had to do with the blessed mother all right, here, take him. She said, all right, I'm going to live in this body for a while and see what happens. All right, I'll be here. She was, I guess she was in her early 50s when I met her. Finally, she got here. When she was 52, 53, most of the rest of her life, she had lived quite literally beside herself. Right. Her spirit was over here and her body was over here and she was going through the motions. She had a repetitive job, didn't require her to think, didn't care. Right. 
And she finally got it that if she didn't do here, earth, well, she was going to get to do it again. <laughs> and she didn't want to. So she said, oh, I better get here and do the thing I came here to do. Right? So she did. And she became an extraordinary energy healer. Can you, oh my gosh, I have so many questions. Okay. <laughs> so there has to be some research on this because we kind of skipped over you getting kicked out of seminary and you working for a Boston hospital where MDs, who as a chiropractor, I can tell you, they don't like, they don't willingly be like, I can't fix this. Here, woo-woo, you fix this. Right. So how did how did you get into that situation? And how like how did the Boston hospital, like what kind of research are they referencing that they're like, fine, we'll allow this? They're first of all, most of them were functional medicine doctors. Okay. So the basic premise of functional medicine for your audience is that if your gut's right, the rest of you is right. And if your gut's not, the rest of you isn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's, yep. you know, two sentences on functional medicine. <laughs> there are people who know more about it than I do. Um, and the founder of the medical uh, uh, facility and his wife um, were actually sent to me for some healing of their own. And he believed that healing was a body, heart, mind, spirit thing. And that healing, real healing, that includes curing, <sighs> different, different job, healing and curing, right? Curing is the job of Western medicine, mm -hmm. not healing. Mm-hmm. Now, healing sometimes happens when things are cured, right? But you can have healing without curing, to be sure. Right. Is healing Those are the always better than curing? No, it depends on what your need is. It depends on what the need of the soul is. And, and what the plan is, right? So in a, it, let's say, let's, let's do this with a, um, a young mom who has young children and breast cancer, right? So I know, I know actually two women who have been in this situation. One of them was cured by Western medicine and not healed at all. Still angry, still hurt, still resentful that no one was nourishing her, that, her, that it, she constantly had to give, 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 give. No one was giving to her. No one was taking care of her. And she had neglectful parents who never took care of her. And eventually, once her children were grown, she got breast cancer again and died. Right? Because she never, ever was healed. Mm -hmm. Now, I know someone else who... Young children, young mom with breast cancer. She was completely healed and at peace by the end and died and left her children. Right? That was different soul patterns, different, different people. Everybody's different. Everybody has a different. I mean, that's one of the reasons I think that I have stayed so fascinated with this all my life is, you know, I could put 200. Hell, I could put 200 chiropractors in a room, all of whom wanted to lose five pounds. And, and literally, all of you would have it wired up differently as to why. As to why you wanted to lose five pounds. 
it would be wired differently in your chakra system, in your body, in your energy system. See, think about this. I don't know enough about the kind of schooling chiropractors do, but you certainly study seriously anatomy and chemistry oh, yeah. and physiology yeah, and hours, all of that. Oh, yeah. The hours um, added up are pretty parallel to med school. Okay. So mm-hmm. it, that's serious stuff. Well, yeah. doctors who go to classical med school or traditional med school, right? They study 11 systems, circulatory, skeletal, respiratory, blah, 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 right? But they don't ask this question. What makes the circulatory system circulate? What makes the respiratory system respire? Well, the answer to that question is a spiritual answer. It's the life force. You have life force that makes those things go. Not only does it make them go, but thanks be to God. I mean, someone is growing your eyelashes right now, Lauren, and it's not (laughs) you. (laughs) right? Do you have any idea how tired you would be if you were making red blood cells, bone marrow, and growing eyelashes, and talking to me? Right. Right. Yeah, you would have so your head on the desk. Yeah, it's above, down, inside out. Right. Mm-hmm. So that structure, that wisdom of how energy fits, the more a doctor of any kind, and I don't care if you're, you know, an ophthalmologist, the more you see patients, the more you understand that, yes, there's absolutely physiology, anatomy, research, logic, but then there's that like Indiana Jones place where if you only, if you put your foot on it, does the light bridge happen, right? Mm -hmm. That's where energy medicine lives. And there are all kinds of scientists who study it. But what's more important to me, and this also makes me an oddity, is uh, theories are lovely and I think they're swell. And by all means, knock yourself out, do research this and this and this. But how does that apply? Mm -hmm. We are such information junkies. This is why I wrote the eight workbooks I wrote about the chakras, because they apply how you use chakras in your own life, right? How many patients of yours drag themselves into your office because they're toast. They're so tired. They don't, we don't know how to regenerate ourselves. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why we're not taught this like in health class. Energy 101. You have an energy system. You can fix it. If you're exhausted, do 100 jumping jacks. You will wake up, right? That's energetic treatment. Yeah, why aren't we taught that? Yeah. When you said like, why are we, what are we taught in health class? I'm like, well, what would we, what are you talking about? What are you teaching? You're saying like, just how to generate energy. How, how to generate your own energy, how to help other people with theirs, how to not give your energy away to people unwittingly. Like, Let's talk about that. Perfect example. Okay. So I am sitting in my desk chair and you are sitting in wherever you are sitting mm-hmm. and we are facing one another. And we feel, I would think, connected because we are connecting chakra to chakra, basically, right? Now, that happens all the time. But what happens when you deal with someone who's absolutely enraged and you connect to their chakras? That hurts your energy system, 
most of us don't know how to protect ourselves. And the woo people do it worse than anybody, as far as I'm concerned, because what a lot of the woo people are going to say to you is, well, surround yourself in white light. No, do not. Do not use white light ever. Black rocks in my pocket. That works. But the other thing is, you know what? White light is so drastic and so dramatic that it actually hurts people. Don't do that. Can you picture a barber pole in your own mind? Red, white, and blue with a swirl, right? Mm -hmm. Change it to a rainbow and get in. Put a rainbow, wrap a rainbow swirl around you. What happens then is people take from your energy what they need. White light is for 9-11. White light is for when the bus is about to roll over you. Mm-hmm. Or you have to pick up a car off a kid, Right. That's what white light is for. No, no. Everyday life is all about all the colors. So how do you actually manage this? Let's say you're giving a speech at some big chiropractic convention, right? And you, somebody decides that you're an idiot and they're going to challenge you and be hostile, right? Well, it's really simple. And you're going to feel this because we're, your listeners aren't going to know this, but we're on Zoom and we're facing each other, right? So, okay. I'm going to turn my body away from you. And I'm still talking to you. I'm still looking at you. My face is still in this frame, right? But we're not connected anymore. Right. And you can tell. Uh Uh-huh. Right? There's a distance, a coolness, right? So when somebody has a hostile audience member and they're after you like that, turn your body away. Really, that's interesting. I wonder how you learned that. Or is there research that supports that? And there you are, turned away and they're defused, right? I used to give motivational speeches in the nuclear industry. (laughs) 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 To nuclear scientists. How many times have you lived, Susan? Really, a hundred. And and they always made me laugh because I made them mad because I talked about the things that couldn't be measured. You make a ton of people mad. I do. I talk like, about things that people can't measure. You knew nothing about me. And you entered this podcast talking about Christ was not Jesus's last name. Like <laughs> there's so many things that I'm like, oh yeah. But like, I mean, like I'm super open, but you had no idea. Nope. I could have been like, I'm doing the sign of the cross, you know, like, mm-hmm. ah. you absolutely could. And It doesn't matter to me. My job is to translate complicated um, spiritual ideas into useful skills, right? So for example, if you came to me with a problem and you had done everything you could in this reality to solve it, you'd gone to therapy and you'd, you know, talk to friends and you'd tried this and tried that and tried, and you weren't working it out. The first thing I would want to do is look at your chakra system. And what I would say to you is when you talk about this, where do you feel it in your body? Right. You would have an immediate answer. There would be a sensation actually. Yeah. Just a, an awareness, like suddenly hmm, my throat is fuzzy or I want to cough or, you know, something like that. Okay. So then my question is, If you've done everything you can right now and it hasn't changed for your future, what happened in the past? Your chakras 
are essentially the physical version of your subconscious mind. Okay. Energetically, they remember everything. They remember all your lifetimes. They remember like, oh, so I have, I have, this happened to me actually, right when I first started doing this work, a woman came to me and said, uh, she was an opera singer and she had lost the top of her range. And she didn't know what to do. She had gigs in, uh, in Germany and she was not going to be able to sing the roles because she had lost the top third of her range. She was a soprano. And I looked at her throat and I thought, man, she's choking on something. I don't know what it is, but something is making her like stop. What's, what happens when you lose a piece of your vocal range is your chords stop uh, vibrating at that frequency, right? Long, it, took me, it took me maybe an hour to finally get here, but it turned out that when she had been in her teens, She'd had an abortion. She never told anybody. She almost died from it. And she swore herself to secrecy and she tormented herself with the secret. What she had in her throat was guilt. I said to her, were you raised Catholic? She said, I was, I said, all right. I said, become your own priest. I'm going to give you two words and I want you to say it as off, say them as often as you can until your throat clears. And I would bet you within a week to 10 days, you'll be able to sing again. And she said, God, what are the words, right? Like, what can you, I said, te absolvo. I absolve you. I forgive you. It's what a priest says in confession. Mm -hmm. Well, now that wouldn't have worked with a Buddhist. But it worked with a nice Catholic girl who had internalized some thing that she had to suffer for what she'd done. She needed forgiveness. She couldn't forgive herself now. She had to forgive that 14-year-old or 15-year-old, right? That's past stuff. Chakras keep your past, your present, and your future. And I think that you can learn, anybody can learn. And I actually think that children are better at it than we are, honestly, right? But children can learn how to use their chakra system to, how's this? Self-soothe, to make choices about uh, socially acceptable behavior or not. Children on the autism spectrum can learn energy, right? It's not, it's not woo and it's not complicated and it's not crazy and you don't need 45 years of training. Everybody has an energy system. If you don't, if you don't believe me, take your hand, make, lay it flat and put your other hand over it. You'll interrupt your own energy and feel it right? Every one of us, this has happened to you. I'm sure you've walked into a room, you know, that the people in the room have been arguing and you're like, Whoa, let's reverse. (laughs) Like, no, don't want to play this play part. Right. And that's true for the toughest businessman for the, uh, meanest gang member. And for the little old lady who's knitting socks for her grandkids, 
all of us share this, right? I had a, a client talk to me the other day about a, a mother who's um, totally withholding, never acknowledges him or, or uh, pats him on the back or says, good job or anything. And he's in his 40s, right? I said to him, well, she's never going to, excuse me, she's never going to do that. You're never going to get that from the mom. Back, she's never going to do that. She's never going to give you what you want. So you got to learn which parts of you need to be mothered and you got to do it yourself because otherwise you're going to expect that from your wife or your daughter or your secretary or some other woman in your life, right? No, 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 no. That's not the way to do that. The way you do that is you learn how to work with your own chakras, right? The thing that's the hardest for him is the disappointment. I told him to go get an orange ball, like a squeezy ball, and leave it on his desk. You just need to see orange for a little while. You'll calm down. It's not complicated. Okay, and why, why orange for him? Because it was all about how he was never rewarded for his passions. And the second chakra is about what makes you passionate in the world. Okay. Right? So he was never rewarded for uh, becoming the top cop in his town or for making the youngest detective or you know, like any. So he needed rewards. I said, okay. I said, what's going to reward you? I said, you take that little boy out for an ice cream sundae every damn time he wants it seriously, until you grow him up and that little boy isn't hurt when you have a boss who is also withholding because you brought that to you so you'd heal it, right? That's what we do. We reenact things till we get our energetic wounds taken care of. Okay, I have a question. All right. So you're a medical intuitive. You I see am. colors, you see chakras, you see aura, or you see auras. Uh-huh. So as a chiropractor, I always kind of, I don't always say this because I feel like it can come across, come across brash, but you could lay on my table and not say a single thing. And I am going to adjust what your body needs to be adjusted. And then the great thing is, is whatever you got going on, it will heal or not always, you know what I'm saying? But like, you know, I don't need someone to tell me I have headaches and I'm constipated if chiro or if like adjusting them is going to help the headaches, it's going to be because they're laying down. I'm going to find, I'm going to adjust it. And then if that's why, then great. So with you, here's my question. Do you, do, do you see colors around people? Like, do you, do you, do you need them to talk or like just sitting here? Can you like read me and be like, yeah, you got this color. This is probably your issue. Or yes, I can. I, I, I can. I, tr I, I, um, it took me a long time to understand that I could turn off seeing because now imagine that it, it, I, I, the normal human aura is about eight feet around every person. So okay. just like be in the frozen food section, <laughs> would you for a minute? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. So well, and this is so interesting now. Talk about patterns that you're born with, right? I was born with strabismus, which is eyes that work separately, muscularly instead of together, right? So I couldn't see 
what was in front of me. I could only see what was to the side of me. Mm-hmm. And I've had surgery four times to fix it, right? Well, what did that do? Well, that meant that when I went to dance class and I had to learn how to spin, I had to learn how to spot inside because my eyes wouldn't focus on the outside so that I could spin, right? Well, now, of all the things I was taught how to use my inner seeing, well, that's what I do. I use inner seeing. Now, am I, am I spying on your aura right now? No. I need your permission. And the only exception I make to that is if you had a, a child or a patient who was, um, you know, in a coma, it not like not able to give their own permission. Um, and you felt that you could comfortably say, you know, look, see, tell me, what do I do? But yes. And in fact, it was the doctor who founded the medical center who he got stuck with a patient one day and he called me from his office with the patient sitting in front of him and put me me on the speakerphone with the patient and said, can you read what's going on here? That was the whole thing, right? I didn't know if I was talking about a man or a woman how old the person was, what Ed thought was, you know, what the doctor thought was going on. I mean, I had not a clue. And I just close my eyes and picture whoever it was. And I'd say, yeah, there's something going on on the left side of his body. And my thought is that it's on the back of the left side. Maybe it's a sciatica problem, or maybe it's not nerves. Maybe it's a disc that's off like in the spine um and i never once missed with his people i have no idea how i did it but that's why he asked me to come work at the medical center because he he used to call me on the phone and say can you help Uh, focus right um do you what do you because this has to have happened because I feel like Western medicine, so often things have to get really bad before it's detectable on lab work. Amen. On this. And so like, so here's a, for instance, that I get a lot in clinic is somebody will have right shoulder pain. And, you know, this is like, okay, well, listen, I've adjusted this. It's not responding. Uh, you know, question, question, your postpartum, have you had your gallbladder checked? And they're like, no. And I'm like, you need to get, I think you need to get your gallbladder checked. Um, and they go and they're like, oh, so they said my gallbladder's fine. And I'm like, oh, I really don't think it's fine. But you know, like at a certain point, you can't be like, my chiropractor said, you know, and they try and they're like, well, your chiropractor's wrong. Your gallbladder is fine. And then, you know, a year or two years later or whatever. So like, what do you, what do you do there? Um. I tend to explain those sorts of things this way to people and make them uh, insist actually that they make a conscious choice, right? So what we like to do is we like to hand over uh, volition, our own will to doctors. And for a very, very long time, doctors took it, right? Marcus Welby and co., all those guys went, oh, yeah, I know. I'm a doctor. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's one of the cruelest things that has happened to the medical profession, truthfully, in my opinion. Um, So what I say is this, Western medicine says that your, let's say I'm going to pick one, T3, right? Your thyroid hormone needs to be between this ratio and this ratio, between two and four, right? right? And yours is 2.2. And the Western doc says, eh, your thyroid's fine. And you know, you can't get your carcass out of bed every day. So your thyroid's not fine. Now, according to the evidence-based medicine, right? But evidence means what you can see. Mm-hmm. The word means what you can see, right? The word video's in there, right? It's what you see. Well, then you know what? You can't see how your T3 is. You can only talk about your symptoms, And what you want to do is learn to tell a narrative based on your symptoms that you like. Ah, the key there, a narrative that you like. So what is the narrative that you actually want to be able to tell about getting out of bed in the morning? Oh, I get out of bed and I have a lot of energy and I'm excited about my life and I feel really good and I can't wait to go to work and I have fun with my kids in the morning. We laugh a lot and, you know, right. I I had a mother who had... Uh, a three-year-old and like, I don't know, six-month-old twins. And she was losing her mind, right? And working at home. And she said, I only have 90 minutes to get them dressed. I said, honey, take the word only out of the sentence and do it again. She said, I have 90 minutes to get them dressed. Oh, that feels better. Right? What story are you telling about this? So maybe your gallbladder doesn't fit in the Western numbers. But wait a minute. First of all, I would send that person immediately to an osteopath, right? Because they're going to, they're like, they're like the, 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 the very narrow one person bridge between Western medicine and chiropractic, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. You're, it's the bridge over the river Kwai. Yeah. Seven functional medicine. We're like, go to that guy. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, oh, Someone who can understand symptomology and living with or not living with it, right? Like, oh, your right shoulder hurts all the time. Well, <laughs> when I first went to work in New York City, um, I was answering a phone in an office and I got a terrible rash down the right side of my face. And I went to go have a facial because I thought maybe my, it was in New York city, the air was dirty, you know, maybe that was, it was, and I, I went to see a little old Russian Jewish lady who looked like she was about, she was 80, but she looked like she was about 40 gorgeous. Right. And she said, you, you are on the phone. You are the phone. Imme- immediately she knew what it was. It was the pattern of a telephone that I was talking on like this all the time. Well, no wonder, A, no wonder my shoulder hurt, and B, no wonder my face was broken out all the time, right? She said, wash the phone. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I was much better, right? right? Now, that was, of course, an alternative way to do it. But a doctor, a dermatologist would have given me a steroid. Yep. Right? And it would have worked because steroids do, but 
only if I kept using it for the entirety of my life. Mm -hmm. So wait, is that the story I want to tell about the rash on my face or do I actually want to find out what this is? Right. I'm not willing to lie down and let a doctor do what a doctor says. I want to know why. And I want an explanation that I can understand. And I'm no chemist. I'm no biologist, but I have a body that I live in every day. And I've been living in it for 64 years. I know a little bit about her. Right. So you get to listen to me, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. Right. So great. You think it's my gallbladder? Hmm. I am going to go see a functional medicine doctor and see if that can be helped with supplements. Do I need to change something in my diet? Am I eating too much fat? Does it need to be balanced out with a little bit more protein? Does it, there are ways to do it, mm -hmm. but it's all the thing that's so hard. And I would find this hard being a chiropractor is that you, it feels to me so often, like you have to, you know, it's like having a boss and a family business and the boss is a real pain. You have to tiptoe around the boss, right? You have to tiptoe around the, the specialists and the this and the that instead of saying, excuse me, uh, I've been doing this for 10 years or I've been doing this for three minutes or however long. And I've seen this before, yeah. Yeah. right? So I had, a, I had one of the doctors at this medical center was a gynecologist who thought I was just garbage. Wouldn't even look at me in the hallway. Wouldn't say hello. Wouldn't look at me in a meeting. It was hilarious. It made me laugh. And he was an old school guy. And he was awful to me. Until his wife, his third arm candy wife, was diagnosed with lethal fibroids. And he didn't know what to do because she'd already had a myomectomy twice. And they grew back. And she'd had intervention radiation and it grew back, right? She'd had all the Western things. The poor guy was stuck. He was like in the kiddie pool and didn't know what to do. Right? He said, can I send my wife to you? I said, of course. Well, she was totally cool. And we figured out what was causing it. And she ended up fine once she did the work mm -hmm. to stop pushing everyone away from her femininity because she had been very hurt by being a female person as a younger person. That's what fibroids are. They're a no, right? No, you don't get to come near. No, my womb is full, right? No. Well, it's amazing. That's why, that's why bodies are fascinating. Susan, I could talk to you for hours. I well, have 20 questions here that I didn't ask a damn one. <laughs> okay, but so, okay. So I, we're going to close this down because we try and keep things short, but like, because I don't want to have a four hour um, conversation. <laughs> we're going to need to have you back. That's for sure. Tell people though. I'd be honored where they can consume more of you. And like, if they wanted to schedule an appointment with you, like where they would do that. So I have two websites. One is I ampersand.org. That's I A M P E R S A N D.org. And the other is susancorso.com. Susancorso.com is about 
another part of my life, which is I'm a novelist and I've written 30 books. Mm -hmm. So that's there. But I would like to give your listeners a gift if they would like that. And this is this is this is how to start working with your chakras today. Okay, don't you don't have to make an appointment with me and you don't have to sign up. Like this is actually a free gift in real life. So you go to chakras.susancorso.com. And what you will find is two digital downloads. They're called the yes, the less mores. And the less mores are this. There is a, a, a behavior when you're working on your first chakra to do less and a behavior to do more. So I'll give you an example of the first chakra, right? The first chakra is complain less thank more. Okay. Right. So uh, there are all eight of them. They're on these documents. You can download, download them. And then another piece of uh, uh, page will come up that says, if you want to know about Dr. Susan Corso's chakra work, please sign up and be on the mailing list. And on either of those uh, websites, there are um, contact forms and people absolutely can work with me. Um, I tend to work with people in you know, two, three, four session um, increments, and that's all. I don't do long-term work yep. with people because it's usually interventional. Yep. Like, how do we fix this so that I can go back to therapy and actually fix the thing that started the this? Yeah. Right. And I'd be glad, I'd love to come back. You're fun to talk to. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, you're, you're fascinating. Thank you so, so, so much. Um, she slayers for sure. Go get that chakraless. Um, uh, yeah, I hope that you enjoyed this as much. Is you know it's fun because like a lot of times on the podcast we have a lot of very systems and procedures and like this and like you know like business people and that's good. That's great. It's great. But like this has just been really nice because it's been a long time since I've had someone sit here that I'm just like, wow. <laughs> I, I, I don't I spoke so much less on this podcast than I normally do so so thank you thank you so much so thank you my sincere pleasure all right she slayers until next week bye hey she slayers are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love sked has exactly what you're looking for they will automate all your appointment reminders missed appointment reminders reactivation campaigns allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. <laughs>